podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Paddock Blues Podcast. You can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash paddockblues. Or you can email us at paddockblues at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues Podcast. I'm Jamie and tonight I'm joined by Paul and Melinda. Are you okay? Yes, I'll meet you. Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, Melinda. I know you're not feeling the greatest. I think you're coming down with the cold. You okay? Yeah, I'm going to sound a little different on this podcast, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm very congested. Um, there is some yucky stuff going around. I think it's finally caught up with me, unfortunately. So, um, yeah. Hi. Sound like Melinda, well, that's all not, that, not that's, great. <laughs> that's all that Manchester there. That, that's, you know, that's what you'd expect living there. And I mean, <laughs> you're always going to get it. Money, oh, goodness, goodness me, goodness. Those seems to be. We, we've been through this a few times where one of us has been sick on this podcast, so they should be used to it by now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you'll still sound more upbeat than me and Paul, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, still the positive <laughs> one. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, suppose. Listen, if you're going to get sick and have Everton try and cheer you up, it's probably this week, isn't it? Really, at least we're not. This time last year, you were sick. You'd have probably wanted to throw yourself in the Manchester Canal. <laughs> well, that's where we'll start. Um, this is the show after Everton two Chelsea nil. I think people want us to sort of know why we don't do a reaction closer to the time. Where it basically is it. Um, you get home and then obviously the week just swallows you up, so you you sort of have to make the time. But Paul, I'll just come to you first. Give us your sort of in the reaction walking out that ground. It it just doesn't seem to get any better than that. No, I was absolutely made up, especially second half. I thought the first half was a little bit flat, but second half we turned it on and mm. yeah, could have so much bouncing again. It's nice to see happy, smiling faces coming out of the ground for once. Uh, yeah, cloud nine. I mean, three wins on the bounce, absolutely brilliant. Uh, I've heard Mauricio Pochettino saying that they that Chelsea deserved to win the game. Must have been watching a different game to me. Yeah, I, I don't think, think so. it was the greatest, the greatest the game, but I always felt Everton were well worth the win and. Uh, yeah, absolutely made up. I mean, three wins on the bounce, flying at me. This is uh, yeah. it's just new, new territory for the, the Paddock Blues podcast. So, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, definitely, mate. Now, Melinda, you know, you've been in, unfortunately, you've been in work when the match was on. Um, she wasn't obviously able to see it, but were you confident before the game? Now, we've come on the back of two wins, Newcastle, Nottingham Forest. Were you thinking, let's have Chelsea, or were you like us, a bit pessimistic and like, oh, let's just see how we get on? Um, of course, like, you know, the optimist to me was really hoping for a win, but I do know, and people listening to this podcast, you know, you may follow me on Twitter and I did put a tweet out after United at home saying, you know, our home form really needs work and it's no secret. We've also said it on this podcast that, you know, Goodison is getting tougher and tougher to go to, um, blah, 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 you know, that kind of narrative. Um, so of course that was in me is like, you know, it's another home game. Like we, you know, we've, we've, we've done very well here with Newcastle, but, um, just a little bit of still that little bit of caution I think was in the back of my mind um but now to see like Paul just said three three wins on the bounce like that um seeing especially at home it's just it I, I literally was so like so sad that I wasn't there you know like it, that that feeling yeah. came back where I was like absolutely gutted that I was not inside that ground um but buzzing for everybody who was what a what a place to be when Goodison's on fire like that and it's just rocking so um 
yeah, I, I just really, really hope that this continues. I hope that we continue to, you know, put in those, put in those performances, um, grind out the results that we, you know, so, so desperately need. So yeah, great, great from the lads. Yeah, Jamie, I know you were at the game on Sunday yourself. How did you feel, especially in the second half there? Because I don't know, I can only speak for myself. I felt sort of a calmness coming over me as we came into the second half. I mean, the first half was dreadful, but I just always thought we were going to get the job done. I don't know whether you thought the same, mate. Yeah, I did feel, obviously, as the game grows, you're a bit more confident because Chelsea kept knocking on the door and it didn't seem to, they didn't create anything, really. Um you know, that Cole Palmer had a shot in the first half I picked for me, the boss save off. But apart from that, it was only ever scrappy half chances. Uh, we had the better of chances. And I always thought, especially when the Corey scored, I thought, this is it. We've, we've won this. You know, it sounds mad to think, but I genuinely did think it because I thought, we'll want them to now to play the way they're going to play and push men forward. And it played into our hands. So I was very confident once we'd scored the goal. But half time, could it have gone either way? Possibly. Um, if you would have taken the draw, probably. But the longer the game went on and the more we grew into it, I thought, no, we'll, we will we, we'll beat these. It was just by how many. Yeah, I just, little, I know we're not here to talk about Chelsea, but I think they've spent 990 million on their squad. Um, and they're sitting 14th, I think, on 19 points. I mean, that's absolutely dreadful, isn't it? People yeah. want to point the finger at Everton and I'll. Out of boss football, where the frivolous they've been in spending money, but Chelsea have just have just fucking blown Everton out the water completely. And we surprised if they've got the uh, FFP police knocking at their door in a couple of years' time as well. To be honest with you, but yeah, who cares about Chelsea? Yeah. But I just wanted to touch on the points deduction now. Listen, it's I hate talking about it. I know you do as well, but it's something that's massive in our season, and it always will be till we get them back. Now, we've had 10 points taken off us and we've had nine back in eight days. We've had nine since we were able to get 12. Is that from just a galvanisation? Do you really think, Paul, I could stay with you, do you think? If we wouldn't have got them, then results still stay the same? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think we were sort of on a bit of a crest of a wave after Crystal Palace. We beat them, didn't we? And then we got the 10 points taken off us, but... It has sort of become an Everton versus the world thing, and I think that's been good for the club to basically stand there and say, "Listen, let's have it to everyone who come who we come up against." Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it probably has galvanised the whole club, as, as galvanised the manager, who's now speaking differently in press conferences. He seems more defiant and coming out of his shell a lot more. The players seem really together, and the fans. I, I think we're all on on the same page at the moment when it comes to everything. I mean, we might have our little disagreements here and there about who should play where, and, but that's normal for a football fan. I just feel like it's brought us together. It's it's great to see, and I'm really proud of the team as well. For In eight days of football, you've got nine points out of the ten back. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, well, that's something that's probably a word that you're going to use a lot this season, really, and especially over the last couple of months, is pride, isn't it, Linda? Really, you, you know, Everton could have just went into the shell, and gone, oh, poor us, we've had 10 points taken off us, look at it, you know, and really could have. And we have, in the last few years, we have genuinely just collapsed with, from within. These players haven't let that happen, neither the manager. Um, he sort of said, no, come on, let's have it. I, <laughs> I, I'm going to use that from now on, come on, let's have it. But <laughs> I just, 
I just Kevin, think that's something. Yeah. <laughs> Where are it's you? Me yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. It is something that fills you with pride, isn't it? When you're walking to work or you're in work, you're thinking everyone's sort of looking at us, going, "Yeah, Everton are smashing in there." Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it's, it really does kind of make you think of that saying, um, you know, like I know it's very like cliche, what doesn't kill you make you stronger. And I feel like it was just, you know, taking 10 points off is like that. They just tried to like completely kick us down and just kick us in the teeth, but it's actually made us so much stronger. And I agree with the point Paul just made. I, I do like to think, cause even before, you know, going into this point seduction, our form was improving quite a bit. Um, so I would like to think that regardless if we had the deduction or not, you know, I do, I do like to think that we would still be in the position that we're in you know, performing quite well um, now at home. And, you know, we've been performing away from home quite well. Um, but yeah, it's just really just brings you to that saying, really, I just think it's made us so much stronger. And I just think, of course, what's happened was this point seduction. I mean, I'm not, not saying I'm glad it's happened or anything, you know, but um, in a way, we the players really haven't let it phase them. Um, they've, they've stuck together. There's a real cohesiveness about this team now that, we you know, we're really seeing come together stronger and stronger each week. Um, it's like a little brotherhood, you know, like it's just really nice to see. Um, and they're working together as a team, you know, and on and off the pitch, you know, Everton's doing great things as well off, off the pitch as well. So I think that just brings them all very much closer together uh, as a team as well. Yeah. Jamie, I, mean, I don't know about you, mate. Sorry, but that's, uh, this is going to sound stupid and I don't want it to happen, but I feel like right now, the way things stand now, and obviously with Everton's, we know it could all go wrong. <laughs> Very I'll quickly, go tits, but go tits up. <laughs> that's it. If you were to take another nine points off us now, I'd still be confident that we could get out of it. Well, yeah, I suppose you, you, I don't, you would. Please, yeah. please don't take nine points off us, by the <laughs> way. I'm just saying. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, of course. Because then, you know, if you were to take it now, we're five points away from Luton still, which just sounds mad, isn't it? You've got 19 yeah, points crazy. taken off you, and you're still five, only five points away from the team that you swap places with. Yeah. Um, I think that's just a credit to the lads and the manager and the club as well and the fans, every person's just pulling in the same direction that we've been desperate for for years. All of us pulling in the same direction, every person. And look what it gets you. You know, it, you can see it. You know, I just want to, want to ask you actually, Paul, take the 10 points away, take all that type of thing. On the football side, we've had three games, Nottingham Forest away, Newcastle own, Chelsea own. We've scored... Six conceded none, and the convincing wins. By the way, you know, yeah, do you really are convincing wins? This isn't like a one nil penalty in the last minute. I don't remember. The, I can't remember the last time Everton night six minute goes up or four minutes, and we're just they're going. This is boss. Yeah, because I think seven minutes went up, didn't it, against Chelsea? Yeah, and usually, usually, but I mean, there is a party that's thinking, "Oh, please, no, please, no," but yeah. You look, you look back on it and I don't think we were never really in danger. I mean, defensively superb, and I will come on to it. But yeah, it's uh, the last three games have been really good. Against Forest, I always thought we were in control. Just weren't in control on the scoreboard. We were, it's always dodgy, 1-0. Um, against Newcastle, once we scored the first, I felt like we were going to go on and win it. And it's the same with Chelsea. I think the first goal is important with the seventh team. If you can get that, I think we're a very hard team to, to break down to try and get back into the game. So yeah, no, it's uh, encouraging signs. Brilliant. Been a great week. Really good yeah, week. It has. It's, it has really been a boss week, hasn't it, really? When you, like, yeah. You're just constantly picking up your phone just because you think, I want to see something else. I want to see the videos. I want to see the training. I'd, I'd love to go back this time last year. I think we were all 
not looking at each other and looking at the floor and <laughs> thinking, oh God, do we really have to do this? We all jumped on today. Um, Melinda, you touched on it before about the players fighting with each other. Now we'll go on to the the Dobbin goal and celebration, but there's something I noticed in the game, um, and I know you've noticed it in the last few weeks. When a certain player makes the tackle, I think it was Michalenko made one or Brandt make one. They're all over, fist pumping him, you know, pushing him, high fiving him, rubbing his head. I haven't seen that for a long time. That just shows you how much these all care about each other, doesn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think as well, it was Michalenko had come out with a statement, right, that he just felt like he wasn't um, where he should be. So he was training really, really hard. And, um, you know, it is it is showing now in, in his performances. He's had a complete 180. I, I think, God, he's just, he's going to be up there with, with with the best left back in the league. Like He's just phenomenal, I think, in my opinion, not, not being biased. But I really do think he's got some pretty impressive stats. But, yeah, it's just, you look at this team now and you're just, it, to, to see the encouragement, the ongoing encouragement on on the pitch, even when things are not so great and, you know, not going our way, they're, they're still there for each other and they have each other's backs. And it's just, it really is nice to see that. Um, you know, do look at some other teams and it's just very like dog eat dog sometimes, you know, like I'm going to score, I'm going to score, you know, and it's about me. It's all about me. And we don't see that in this Everton team. It's it, it, it very much is a team mentality. And I think a lot of that, is credit to Deitch as well. Um, so I think he's really instilled that in, in the players. But uh, yeah, it, whatever we've got going on right now, whatever he's putting in the pot and spices this and that, it's all mixing together really nicely. So um, yeah, we just need to keep it going. They need to really, really keep this this energy going and just improve on it and just get better. Yeah, we, before the 10 points happened, we were in a good run. I mean, we beat West Ham away, Palace away. Yeah, Brentford away, Aston Villa in the Carabao Cup, which is no easy feat as we've seen. Um, Bournemouth at home, and our home phone has been great. Seems to have turned the corner a little bit, hopefully. But that ten points really put a state Paul actually will will. It sort of brought them a lot more closer together. I think I don't know what it was. Forgive me for not knowing, but in the international break, said we as the Calvert Lewin said we feel like we're really together now, and it's brought us even closer. Yeah, I just want to know. So, so, where can this team go now? Like, from then three results, where do you, where do you not expect to see? I think we all still expect us to stay up, but where would you like to see this team go? Yeah, I think it's when they've they've actually been doing well and they've got the ten points taken off them. They probably as a, as a team got together and go, well, listen, we'll show everyone because mm. there'll be a few people who've got us down, and we'll show everyone we'll get out of this in, in no time. Let's just show them that we're not a flash in the pan and we'll get them points back instantly. And we're a point off getting the 10 points back. It's it's amazing. I think a lot of people, probably including myself, thought it would take us a while to get that 10 points back. I mean, if you would have said to me, you're going to win your next three, you're going to beat Forest, then beat Newcastle, then beat Chelsea, I would say, yeah, behave yourself. It's not happening. <laughs> we're we sit here a week later, not even a week later, and we've got maximum points on them three games so where can we go as a team I think it's just a game by game basis I think that's that's the way they see it it's a yeah for that, for that one for that one game it's it's an all-out war with this team you see at the end of the fight with everyone at the end now Patterson was having a little bit with that Nicholas Jackson at the end there it's just yeah I think it's it's an old cliche in football but it's just about taking a game at a time that's the way I see it anyway yeah definitely I mean I think that's what it is, and that's what we've been waiting for, isn't it? Like that 
sort of cohesion of the players and the fans. Now, we'll, we'll, we will touch on the fans a bit later on, but they've got to take a massive part of it as well. Um, but before we do that, I just want to talk about some of the players. Now, Lewis Dobbin was warming up, and I think he was warming up already for about 15, 20 minutes before he actually came on. Uh, everyone was screaming to get Harrison off because he just looked knackered. Yeah, he did. Oh, did that goal feel like a James Vaughan, a Dan Goslin, uh, a Wayne Rooney? It sort of felt like that, like, this kid's going to score here. Did you get that feeling? I got that feeling. I don't know about you. I actually didn't know it was him at first. Because <laughs> I had to, you know, Dan, Dan who's been on the podcast with us, I said to him, who scored that there? He went to Dobbin. I just didn't have a clue it was. I was just jumping all over me dad's head. I just <laughs> I, I didn't know what was going on, but it was a cracking finish. That he's not left footed either. Brilliant finish. And you can see what it's meant to the kids. I think Dice has touched on it. He he didn't have any celebration planned. It was just basically run to the corner, go berserk, and then he's been mobbed by his teammates. And he's the kid in the team, and you can tell they've just absolutely been made up that the youngest lad in the squad has scored a goal. It was brilliant to see, but I think we've all got high hopes for Lewis Dobbin. I know I have anyway. I was delighted when he signed a new contract. He's been out on loan and it shows you that the loan system can work. I'm not saying he's going to light the world up, but it's an option to bring on off the bench. And the fact that he's getting on before Dan Juma says a lot to me. Like, Yeah, it does. I think Dan Juma was warming up um, in front of us in the Gladstreet. He seemed a bit disheartened, I've got to be honest. It looked like he was a bit like, I'm done here. Um, but then he's not. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of football to be played and he's not done. But Melinda, when you'd seen Do- Dobbin was scored, how much did that sort of fill you with even more pride that we've had a kid come on and he's stuck the ball in there for really what was the winner against Chelsea at home? Yeah. Did you, it was... did you run home to make sure you, you know, did you just feel Everton sorted? That's Everton. I think I was in the group chat and I was like, is that Dobbin? Did Dobbin just score? And I got the notification. I was like, send me the link now. I need to see this goal. <laughs> um, God, what a goal for that kid. Absolutely buzzing for him. Made up for him, honestly. Um, and just yeah, you um, afterwards, you know, there were so many pictures going around of at the celebration at the end. The, the whole squad was there just jumping, bouncing all over him. And it was just, it really showed you how much, you know, they value this kid. And, and um, it really did, like you just said, you know, it, solidified that one for us I think as well um we've always we, we've spoken about um, Dobbin on this podcast quite a bit as well in the past and yeah I, I do see a lot of potential in, in in him um definitely a great option uh to come off the bench as Paul had said as well um but yeah very interesting about Denjuma really not sure what's going on there um did speak volumes though but right call by Deitch to put him on the pitch because well he scored the the goal didn't he that got us 2-0 so but just a fantastic goal great finish as well um watch it back a few times and uh yeah great great goal is that yeah, brave? Just, uh, sorry, just, just just sorry just talking about pitches of celebration it's like McNeil's a handful isn't he Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know what I actually don't know what he used to salute the so, just just a little side note, there is like <laughs> there is like a video of when he runs over to Decore. And it's just <laughs> if yeah, you know, you know. And I'll leave it there. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very yeah. much. Love you, Dwight. Love you so much, pal. <laughs> yeah, but that little, my little message to Dwight McNeil, pack it in, lads. You're making the rest of us look fucking pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. We're bigger shorts. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Melinda, you touched on it then. I think it's a great point. We've you know, we started the season and rightly so, by the way, I'm still maintaining that we were right at the beginning of the season to say what we said. Um but I just want to give it a little bit of credit to Sean Dice. He could have turned to experience Dan Juma, but he never he turned to the kid and said, Go on, go and score or go and sort of take the game away from Chelsea and he did. So I think he's got to take a lot. I know we all criticise sometimes the substitutions and how long they take, but he got that one sort of spot on, didn't he? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I completely agree. And um, yeah, you know, there's we said it on the last part of the one before, but I know a lot of people online are being like, "You owe Sean Dyche an apology," and like, you know, we hold our hands up and go, "Yes, fair enough." We've said it multiple times. Um, you know, he's he's getting the job done now, and he's learning, he's growing with this squad. Um. And the decisions that he's made as of late, I'm like, good on you. Like, my dude, you're you're crushing it. Like, you know, you're you're really um you're making the appropriate changes when they need to happen in order to keep, you know, the presence on the pitch where like at the level it needs to be at to finish the game strong, you know. So I think he's yeah. he's really learning that now, which is great to see. He's you know, he 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 does offer a lot as a manager, but then again, you know, there's always more to learn. I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, you know, you've got new players coming in this season. It, it is quite a new squad. He's still quite new to us as well. So, you know, I have to keep that in mind as well. And it's still a lot of new and there's still a lot of things that need to be ironed out. But yeah, he's um, he's got he's got himself into a nice groove now with with, with these lads. And um, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, Paul? That's just a point with the uh, subs, he's took a lot of criticism off ourselves and most Evertonians for not utilising the substitute bench or yeah. the subs not having any impact. And I think a few months ago, 1-0, injury time, he would have thrown Ben Godfrey on there just to try and mm-hmm. show the win up. And again, we got a corner in injury time. We're winning 1-0. And I'm thinking, we're going to play around with it in the corner here to waste time. But we've crossed it in and scored the goal. And I think that's just a sign of where we are as a team at the moment. We've got no, we'll try and get a second goal instead of sitting back and trying to defend what we've got. So he needs, he needs a lot of credit there. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with you, Paul. And I think a lot of it comes down to getting confidence from these wins as well. You know, um, they must be doing things in training as well. Um, branching out, maybe trying new things. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but um, they're getting almost this newfound confidence. And some of that has to come from the success that we've we've been having and even the light of the point deduction as well. We're just being ballsy, we're taking chances, we're being bold or being brave about things. So um and it's and it's working. So absolutely yeah, 100%. I think he's well is anana sub for address a guy. You know, just in case on a yellow card he's he seems tired. I know he said it was uh, post match interview that he it was not tactically just look fatigue. But that's a you know big thing to take a player off who's been playing really well to go on and to bring him on, bring a player who's just come back from an injury. And I thought he uh, that was a really good substitution as well. But Paul is one thing I want to touch on, and it felt if to me it feels like these know what they're doing now in the the way of the players to the crowd. You know the first half it was a bit hard. It was you know you're talking. Two o'clock on a Sunday, everyone's a bit like, oh, it's hard. They're, they're horrible games to sort of try and get yourself up for. But these players, see, it's not whether you feel the same. These know what they're doing to get the Everton crowd up. They know what tackle to make. They know certain things that'll go, everyone will just go, right, let's, these are on it. 
Yeah, they've tapped into Goodison, haven't they? Yeah. And that's what you've got to do. It's important that I think it's from the case for most teams. You've got to make it a cauldron, your home ground has got to be a cold, especially with Goodison. We won't be there for much longer. So to have two two days like that, like the one against Newcastle and the one against Chelsea, and they're fresh in the memory. And we can remember them games. They were great then, weren't But yeah, I agree with the players and the manager. I've heard the manager talking about like talking about how the fans are all together and making Goodison a bear pit cauldron and all that. And they're the buzz, they're just buzzwords, but they do strike a chord for us as blues, don't we? That's what we like to hear that. Just gotta make it said it earlier on, also against the world and you're gonna you have to make it impossible to get a result at Goodison Park. We have and I think we are as well. I think you know, when you're team now looking at it, you used to probably think, Oh yeah, we'll go there. It's not the same Everton, but Melinda, it feels like it is. It feels like you know, it's not just it's the away games as well, not even Forest. You know, we've had some brilliant away performances and now hopefully we're turning our home form around. I know, yeah, it's two games, but the two big games, you know, the Newcastle and Chelsea within the space of five days, these are they big football matches to give everything in. Um I just wanted to really give a little bit of a moment to the fans, just just purely for sticking by them for for getting through what we've had to get through with this 10 points, we could have just gone, ah, oh, you know what, can't be asked no more. We haven't. We've gone, let's have it, as Paul's said before. That's that's it. It, it is literally, that's, just, that's it. Let's yeah. have it. Um, these just, the fans have got to take massive credit, haven't they? Oh, yeah, big time. Um, and as well, it, it, it just, it feels to me like finally the fans and the, players and the manager I feel like we're all finally like in alignment you know like it finally feels like we're all on the same page we're all in agreement we're all on the same trajectory at at hoping for the same thing for the same goal so I think that is kind of why things are starting to click and it's it's so funny because we're not used to this as Evertonians like I'm like why is there nothing to bitch about like (laughs) why am I not sad and miserable like I'm on Twitter I'm like this is boring, but I'm like, but it's a good thing that it's boring, you know? So, but yeah, I, that's the way I can definitely put it. It's just, it feels like everyone involved in this football club um, is, is in alignment. Um, and as well, Matt, yeah, massive credit to the fans, um, the away fans as well. Like they're just spectacular. I, I wish I could get to more uh, away days, but tickets are so hard to get and the NHS owns my soul. So it's like very <laughs> difficult, but no, my hat goes off to the fans. Um, it, it, it must, it, it, to be at, at these wins is um, something very, very, very special to be a part of. So yeah, a very, I'm very, very proud to be an Evertonian. Always have and always will be, but uh, this is a very special moment, I think, in our history. And um, to be, you know, a part of this is just something, it's uh, very special. Yeah, I just thought it's I don't, it's not just that, um, the fans who are going to the game as well. This is for everyone who's stuck by them, all the overseas course, fans yeah. who get up early early in the morning to watch them. And, you know, they just got much just as much right to Everton as the match-going fan as well. I mean... It's not it's not easy being an Evertonian, and you know, people have work commitments and every, everything else, and we all deserve this. I mean, I've heard a few fans this week saying, "Listen, don't get too carried away. These players have let us down in the past, but sometimes you just got to say it as it is and forget about the past." Now, I mean, it just seems like we're all on the same page, and this this Everton team are fighting for us again, and we should get carried away with three wins in a, in a week. Anyone, any any fan base would. So just enjoy it. Yeah, agree, Paul. You know what that that used to be me. You know, it's no secret that I don't 
sound yes. like I'm from Liverpool. <laughs> I'm from Canada. Um, well, raised in Mer- born and raised in Mer- She is really. But... She just puts this accent on. She's probably she's a proper scout. <laughs> From the old swan. But no, I, I mean, exactly. Like, you know, it, I used to get up at all hours, be able to to watch to watch the this team. And um, yeah, fans from all over far and wide. And we've got listeners all over the world. But every single one of you, you're just as much of an Evertonian as, as the rest of us. So we need your ongoing support. Um, we need more Evertonians in the world. <laughs> so keep yeah, it up. Spread the word. You'd yes. be a better place anyway. <laughs> I don't. Were you just saying there, Paul? That people are saying don't get carried away. Well, we're yeah, I've heard it we're a not... couple of times this week. Yeah, I think it's I just, just people have been. I think people have been hurt by the club so much that they're thinking, "Oh, well, we've won three. We could quite easily lose that. Lose the next three, and you shouldn't. You've got to try and shake yourself out of that. And I, I include myself in that as well. It's just you've got to enjoy the good times when they're here. You know what I mean? Because they're not here very often lately. After we beat Newcastle, I was like, Benidorm. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Let's go. Like Beto's doing his like lap of honor. And I'm just like booking flights. Like <laughs> yeah. we were I like Kante Airport, here we come. <laughs> but there's something listen, there's the part of this team that are making this happen. And it's the back four and the goalkeeper as well. But I think that back four is so solid. They look like they're just fighting for each other. No, obviously Cone comes in and young, but it doesn't look like it's any different. At the moment, and Patterson comes on for young, and he just slots right in, no problem. Um, I just I want to start from the left hand side, Paul. I'm going to go through the the four of them. Well, I think there's six of them, but I'm going to go oh, through yes. the four positions. Michalenko is by far the most improved f- footballer I've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah. and he also yeah, follows I mean, the pattern. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Definitely does, yeah. Definitely listen to us. We speak fluent Ukrainian. We do another version in this in uh, Ukrainian later on, which he listens to himself. But, <laughs> no, he's just he is definitely just the most Mikko. improved player. Just for <laughs> uh, yeah, I I wrote him off me. I, I I just didn't see. I, but I do put it down to Leighton Baines and Lucas Dean. We sort of had got used to this marauding left back who just put loads of crosses in and get loads of assists. So to see a player came in who was more defensively minded was a bit much for for us to try and get to grips with, you know what I mean? But listen, I think all of his stats going forward at the moment as well, up there with any left-back in this league, I think Melinda touched on it earlier, I think he is actually in the team of the season so far in that position. So, name me a better left-back currently on form in this, in this Premier League. I can't think of one. Can't think of one. It's just, uh, yeah, at me words with Vitaly Michalenko, big time. He looks happy. He looks... Yeah, he just looks happy to be there now, doesn't he? So, yeah. I know Dyke said he's not a man of a million words, so he's just a quiet lad who's going about his business. And, yeah, uh, I made up for the lad, honestly, early on. Yeah, do you think that's something as well, Melinda? Paul just touched on the word, the key word, happy. Uh, I think you can't forget the circumstances this young lad actually joined Everton in. Um, <laughs> sorry, Paul's just putting his Santa hat on there. <laughs> um, Blue, of course. <laughs> but yeah, he, he, the circumstances of this lad come in is, is just so bad. You know, he come in the worst possible time of his life. It's not over, but he looks a lot more settled. Um, do you think yeah, this... his, dad was, his dad was actually fighting on the front line? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mate. And he's had to come and try and play in the Premier League. And let's be honest, he come into an Everton team that was struggling as well, by the way. Um, yeah. 
do you think this is this is Mikhalenko now, isn't it? This is what we expect from him, and do you think that is a factor that he just seems a lot less set, a lot more settled now in his game? Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um... Like you, you just hit the nail on the head. He came into a very a team that was um, struggling in all aspects, um, off the pitch, on the pitch. You know, there was many, many problems that were going on with Everton at the time. Personally, as well, he was, um, you know, I'm sure he was dealing with a, a lot. Um, and uh, he just, you know, took a look in the mirror and he's worked really hard, I think. And um, now he's gotten himself into a position where, He's confident in himself. You know, he, as well, when you watch him, when you watch him play, um, he, it's, it's almost like now he trusts his body. He trusts his movements. Like, you know, he really has that within himself. And um, it's really, really fantastic to see. And when you, you know, I, I've I've seen this in, in players in the past as well. And, you know, I just, I, he just will continue to improve. He'll, he will just get better with, with that. It's all about having that strong mindset. And that does come from, um, being like mentally sound as well. So I think, yeah, he does look a lot more happy. He trusts himself. And um, yeah, I don't know your, your thoughts on that, Jamie, as well, but he just, he, he just looks so much more well, like well-rounded as a player. Yeah. I think, uh, no, we touched on it last week. Having done the other two in front of, uh, next to him helps and someone who's like McNeely, ex- sounds mad, his experience because he's only a kid, but yeah, he's been there and done that. And it, I think, Mikhailenko sort of really has settled and it, it it's out to Dice. Obviously, Dice has come in and got the best out of the lad. Um, it, it's just brilliant to watch. I love it. I think we all love when a player sort of just starts off, not that we love him starting off bad, but when you see that progression of a player, I think especially Evertonians absolutely loving it. It's something that we really enjoy watching. It's, you, you know, he's made some fantastic points. It's mentally... A footballer to be in that position that he was in when he joined is so hard to, yeah. to for anyone to go through that. Never mind having to play in the Premier League where you've just come from the Ukrainian league as well. That itself would take some adapting. Yeah. Um, but and as, and as well, Jamie, um, sorry to interrupt you there, but uh, as well, our, our it's like any fan base, really. I'm not just slating Evertonians, but we are not a very nice fan base sometimes to oh, so our players. Nice. So that's taken its toll hasn't it probably yeah you're but, right I mean, like you know players yeah. have, have come ah, out and made statements. Is gone, isn't it? yeah and a yeah. lot of players have come out and made statements one of them being neil mope um you know as of recent about things that have been being said and um yeah so i'm sure that was probably a factor as well, well that just probably shows the lad's character though that neil mope's squirmed off and couldn't handle it and that lad stood yeah. up and gone no come on i'll say it again let's have it you know he's yeah. he, he's got himself in the team, by the way, because he didn't start the season, actually young started at left-back, um, that could have disheartened him and thought, oh my God, he's brought a 38-year-old left lad in to play left-back. Where do I go? He's got yeah. a chance and he's got some huge pockets because there's some fellas in there, by the way. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Good point. Good point. You know, there's absolutely some fellas in them, them pockets that Michalenko's got. So, you know, <laughs> I hope they carry on growing and he yeah. keeps playing the way he's playing because he's been brilliant. He's, um, he's gonna need some shorts too, just yeah. like uh, Raheem McNeil. Sterling is now on the list, isn't he? Jesus, yeah. not the McNeil shorts, yeah. Don't leave any more of them. <laughs> oh, I think ball wore them. I think Michalenko's been speaking though, isn't he? He's apparently cut short his holiday to come back to training early. Yeah, uh, I think he said he 
constantly playing with a knock. I know you said it earlier on, Melinda, he sort of trusts his body. Similar in the Calvert-Lewin mode, where he's probably been going into games, going, I'm really sorry, and my ankle, whatever it is, is hurting. I think he's finally over that. Ironically, apparently he's supposed to have had a knock this week, but I think he's yeah. going to be all right for the weekend. But yeah, I just think even Dyke's talking about Michalenko in his after, in the, you know, he's done his interview after the game. He just said, Miko, what a player he's becoming, by the way. He said that that's what the reason you get into management is to to see the progression of a player like that. So obviously he's came in. The lad probably hasn't had, been high on confidence. He hasn't trusted his ability. And Dyche and his team have probably been working with him. The likes of, of Avon Baines at the club as well, who might have yeah. been working with him. And he's just oh, turning, very good point, yeah. Yeah. Just blossoming into it. Uh, I mean, I'm not getting carried away or nothing, but he's probably the best left-back in the world. He? Yeah, he is. Hey, he is. at the top of his. Well, he's definitely the best left back in the in the Premier League, and at the moment, Everton have got the fourth best defense in the Premier League. You know, behind the likes of Arsenal, Aston Villa, and then Everton. I don't know who the other one is. Um, yeah, some uh, twats across the yeah, park. I think so. Ones. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, uh, and the you know the clubs I've just mentioned are in a title race. So what does that actually say about Everton Football Club that our defense really? on paper, should be in a title race. Well, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what it says, mate. The reason they took 10 points off us was to stop us from winning the title. It's looking like that. To be, I'm not even just saying yeah. that, but it's like, come could on be. now. <laughs> it genuinely could yeah. be. Do come along. <laughs> yeah, but defensively, that... though, mate, we do. We look really, really solid. I mean, them two at the back, I know it's a, it's a you know, the four of them, you, and, and the whole team is a defensive unit. You've got it. It starts on the front, you say, you know, Calvert Lunas, you know, the best form of offense is a good defense, and it starts from him. But I mean, Brantwaite and Tarkovsky at the moment are just I mean, it's a shame that they're not going to be playing on Saturday. They just look like they've been playing together for years. He must be a dream for that Tarkovsky Brantwaite. He must go into training and every game and think I've I can this kid's gonna go to the very top and I can say that I played to him and and give him a few pointers. It must yeah. be brilliant, honestly. Paul, that, that ball that got played over and that Brozier sort of turned and he looked up, but I think we just jogged next to him and just like put his arm out to say, all right, mate, yeah. and you can see that Brozier like, <laughs> where did you just come from? Like, it was just, <laughs> when, I done, when I done that, I thought this kid is unbelievable. You know, Everton need to tie him down as much as we can. I'm sick of going on, much can we get him for now, much can we get for him? We're getting nothing for him because he's staying. Um, yeah, he needs to take us into that new stadium. He needs to be one of the players that takes us into the Hundred percent, and there's someone that you actually did mention, Tarkovsky. He started the season with shaky, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. did. He was a bit like, oh, you know, is he is he lost it now? I think we spoke about is the captaincy weighing heavy on him, and he just looks a different player. And is that credit to Brandweight, or is that just credit to a settled side now? Well, Melinda, maybe you can answer that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's definitely. I think it's a bit of both to be honest with you, you know, I, we always say, okay, I always butcher this saying, is it the sum is more than its parts? Do you know what yeah. I Yeah. I think we know what you mean. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, glad yeah. you really fall for that. The, 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 sum, <laughs> the sum is more than its parts. I don't know. I'm sorry. My brain is like not working. It's full of snot. So like, um, but, <laughs> full of fucking, um, full of that image of Dwight McNeil. That's what it's full of. Oh, this is a PG podcast. I'm just kidding. It's absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it it feels like, you know, if we touched on it last pod as well, but the fact that now he's got this wonder kid beside him, you know, and, and yeah. um, 
I'm not, I'm really not here to like drag him under the bus, but it, it is Paul's best mate after all. So Michael Keane. Um, so, you know, when we started off the season with, with that, we, we could tell it was very uneasy and you just have to just look at his stats of how, I think he's given, is it three of the four penalties he's given away now? Something like that. It's, it's a bit of, bit of 75% yeah, of disasters. Disaster have been because of the related to Michael Keenan's related incidents really. So it's unfortunate. I wish that wasn't the case. I wish the lad, when he's on the pitch was a little bit better of course we all think that but um yeah Tarkovsky now I think that was what it came down to is just a bit of shakiness from just being a bit left vulnerable and feeling he's you know he's has to now cover more ground than he knows he's capable of he's putting himself on the line you know he's maybe thinking I'm gonna get myself injured here and you know um but now the team itself everyone's in these positions and everyone's doing their jobs very well so now we've got all these little parts and they're all coming together it's like a well-oiled machine you know so we finally have the car and it's built very well and we've got the petrol in the car and it's going at full speed. So that's kind of, I feel like where we're at now before it just felt like we were missing this part here or this part's in the wrong place. And so, but now it feels like it's very, um, it's, it, everything's meshing very, very well together. So yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, but uh, I think Brent's right. We'll be, we'll get into it. I'm sure in, in a little bit, but he, I think he will be a big, big miss this weekend, unfortunately. Yeah, Jamie, I was uh, talking with my brother when we were walking out of the match the other day and we were having the same conversation we're having now about uh, Tarkovsky and Brantwaite and he posed the question to me, so I'll pose it to you. Would you say, both years early, would you say it's our best centre-back partnership since Jagi Elkin and Distan? I mean... I know it hasn't been good. It hasn't been the best Ke- since... Keenan uh, Holgate takes one beating. I mean, the disrespect to Keenan Holgate, man. I mean, Jamie's no, but... got a valid point. <laughs> no, but seriously, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, it's the most comfortable I've seen in Everton defence since them, since the Coleman, funny enough, Coleman, Jags, Distan Baines. It, yeah. it it really is, and there's no, I don't think there's any other answer to that. Mm. And they had the secretary of defence behind them as well, and Tim Howard as well, didn't he? Yeah. And we've got yeah. to, we've got picked with anyway, but well, yeah, Melinda, you cast your man back to Jaggy Elkin and this time, and that's probably like they they played most weeks, and you felt comfortable with them at the back. Are you starting to feel that way with these two? I am, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, it's just one of those things now. You just you don't even you don't even think about it, do you? you don't even worry. Now you're thinking, all right, okay, who's up top? Is it Calvert Lewin? Who's in? Is it Beto? Who's on the wings? You know, before we were so so concerned with with that back line because that's where things just completely crumbled like a piece of. Cheshire cheese and it was just like a disaster but uh now it's it's very um yeah it's just complete just complete confidence in 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 that line and you know it, it's funny I remember when we let Connor Cody go and I was a bit gutted I was like oh because you know what I mean he he had some not not so great performances as well last year but I mean you know what the team itself, we were just not in a good place. So I don't really hold that against Connor Cody. Do if we have kept a hold of him, you know, would Brentwaite have been getting the chances that he's getting now? We we don't know. So I feel like everything does kind of happen for a reason. Um, but the time I was a bit sad because I thought this C- Connor Cody and Tarkovsky little bromance here could it could be it. You know, that could be it for us. But no, I I do think everything's happened the way it was supposed to. And um, yeah, I have full confidence in them. I definitely think it's it's a, it's it's fantastic. Duo, absolutely. Well, I wish we had Connor Cody for Saturday. 
I know. Oh, we get him, man. I still want to stand. I still want to stand. Can we borrow him for a hot minute? Yeah. Like, just, just for, yeah, just for a couple hours. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Oh, oh, stop. My king. Oh, Mason Hall, Gates. No. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Tom Davis. Um, hey, now. <laughs> Hey move now. On. Move on. <laughs> Sorry, move on. Charlotte. <laughs> we'll move on to a topic that then three, then last two we'll never get in. Um now we've got them three players that we've mentioned and we'll sorry, two players we mentioned them. We'll mention someone else and someone that I'm gonna throw a span in the works here. Someone that not I don't like, know who's not, the not like the, you, Jamie. I don't know who's the president is, but Calvert Lewin. Oh. Um <laughs> that would be me, obviously. I don't know who you think you are, Paul, but that's a that's a hard no. Listen, you, you've got a cold. I'll absolutely batter you now that you've got a cold. So I'm the president, okay? Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> got no, got no energy. She can't fight Tem- back today. Temporarily until I'm back to yeah. full fitness. Thank you. Okay. I'll start with the interim president then. Um, <laughs> Donna McCarvert-Lewin, Janet Branthwaite, um, and Tarkovsky Tarkovsk- as well, if, if you want to throw them in that bracket. Is that someone that... I think he was there as well against Chelsea. That Gareth Southgate should be looking at and going. Gotcha. I've got a, I've got a decision to make here, especially with Jared Brandy. Am I the interim? Yeah, I you're the interim. Like, yeah, oh, yeah sounds off. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was, I was looking at my lens today. <laughs> no, he was. He was there. <laughs> he was there, wasn't he? Gareth Southgate. And I've heard other somebody else talking about it. I mean, Pickford, Tarkovsky, and Brandy know how each other play. And then people are going to go, listen to these, Evertonians getting carried away. The fourth and bottom. Yeah, we're a points deduction, we're fourth and bottom. We'd be going for Europe if we wouldn't have been top points. But I think England, listen, we we go on record, we're not Evertonians who dislike England. We actually like England, want them to do well and stuff like that. So why why wouldn't you sort of go with a tried and tested trio like that? I mean, John Stones is probably a shoe-in for the England start 11, but his fitness is up and down. So could you do? You could do worse, couldn't you? Then Jordan Pickford, Tarkovsky, and Brandtweet. I think you could do a lot worse than that. Yeah, of course personally. you would. I don't think there's any a better English trio right now than them, really. Yeah. Um, Melinda, so we'll go to the top of the pitch then. Calvin Lewin, obviously, there's Harry Kane, um, which let's be as Paul just said, he's a shoe in. I think he's you know he's the England captain. He's going nowhere, um, but. Donovan Calvert Lewin can really make a case for himself, can he? Coming up to these Euros, and it's something that he should be aiming for. To get, imagine, you know, imagine that sort of comeback story that he's had all them injuries and he gets in the Euros team. Yeah, definitely. I'm so sorry. I think I feel a sneeze coming. Let no, it it's good. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I will. Okay, it's gone away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah. I, um, sorry, can you repeat the question? <laughs> Me. I'm so no, sorry. It, it, no, go I on. was it, too focused on the sneeze and I was like panicking. I sneeze. I'm so sorry. Calvert <laughs> Lewin in the England squad. What, what do you make of that? Do you think he's got a, a chance for the Euros? I mean, you know, you know what? On honestly speaking, I don't really know what goes through Gareth South Southgate's head because he makes some questionable squad decisions. He really does sometimes to me. Like I'm like, I don't know why you picked. You know. Um, this lad over this lad sometimes it was, it's clear as day we've got some very very strong english players in 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 the in our squad and i'm just not sure sometimes why why they don't get picked um but yeah i think dominic calvert-lewin has been very strong i you know he he is back to getting back to his fitness now um so i think yeah definitely i mean if he if he's not looking at tarkovsky and Branthwaite. 
what are you doing with me? I, I don't know what, what else to say about that, really. Um, but like, as Paul said as well, at the end of the day, I do want England to succeed. I've been, I, I've supported England my whole life. Say what you will about that, you know, um, but that's just the way that I was raised. I just supported England. But um, yeah, I, I it, it would be lovely to see some of our lads get a shot playing for their country. You know, it, it would be really nice to see that, I think. Um, but yeah, sometimes Southgate, I don't really know what he, how he makes the decisions that he makes sometimes. But hey, I'm not the manager of England, of the England football team. He is, so. He should be. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yes, I've got my little board. So, hi, reporting for duty. <laughs> yeah, I just think, just think when it comes to England, and again, there'll be people saying who cares about England, and that's a different conversation. But I love the major tournaments. I'm born in England, so I support England. So, if you want to crucify Agreed, me for that, yeah. you can if you want. But I'm not one of these. I'm Scouse, not English gimps. If you are, then I'm sorry, you are. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, on paper. John Stones and Jarrett Brantwaite is an unbelievable centre back pairing. And I've also got one a little another spanner to throw in here. Do you think if he was faster or quicker that Dwight McNeil would have played for England? By now. Yeah. Uh, I think he's too slow. I think he's too slow. Too slow and he it, I was gonna say his face doesn't fit, but it, it, it doesn't it doesn't really you know, his face doesn't fit. Unfortunately, so oh, I knew that was coming. Uh, she's thinking of them white shorts again. She can't help herself. She mentioned the white McNeil, Melinda. Just you, set, you set yourself up for that one, mate. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I don't think he's too slow. I think I'm being out of order. There. I just is he? He's not really a pacey winger, is he? Do you think Southgate wants like the likes of Rashford, Sterling? Yeah, they're yeah, that's the type of player he's looking for. Because Dwight McNeil has played for England at all levels. That he just hasn't played for the senior squad, and I do think he'd be worthy of a call up. But I just think his pace would probably stop him from getting a call up. Yeah, his pace, mate, and as I said before, it's his name that Gareth Southgate picks all. Like he just picks names, doesn't he? No, yeah. I don't like speaking about this lad. But Anthony Gordon's been the form of his life and can't get an England yeah. team. He's talking so, about playing for Scotland now, mate. Exactly. So you just think, well, what what chances Paul Dwight McNeil got? Um, yeah. You know, James Garner is been flying yeah, for yeah. Everton, not even a sniff. Same bracket as probably James Ward Prowse. Calvin Phillips Cal- plays all the time, mate. Yeah, Calvin yeah. Phillips, Harry Maguire's, you know, I know he started playing recently, but last season played like three games and was in the England team. So this fella's just got what he wants. Um, and yeah. it's up to these players to force themselves in. I'm hoping Calvin Lumen can. If someone offered me and said, "Would you like Jared Brantwick to go to England?" I'd probably say no because I'm scared from Wayne Rooney. <laughs> I want yeah. him to stay here, and no one ever finds out how good he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, we've just had a little bit of it. Yeah, a little insight into our podcast in the summer. What we'll be talking about here, anyway. So, in the summertime, we won't be going away. We'll be doing Euro 2024 podcast. So, get know. in yeah, definitely in the Defo. sun drink. In the sun drinking lager, watching England win. Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you there. Calvert Lewin, who's the strikers that you'd expect to be on the plane? You, I'm cutting for Harry Kane, obviously. Ollie yeah. Watkins. Watkins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Alan Ivan Wilson. Tony's English, isn't he? Ivan Tony, you don't know. We could be playing for Chelsea or Arsenal or someone by then. He only has to get um, that move made and he's already in. I think Calvert Lewin, for me, I mean, injuries pending. He, mm. He's definitely a good option to have off the bench, definitely. Yeah. He's got to be. He's got to be. Well, he was there in the Cal. You know, in the Ancelotti year, he, he played for England under Southgate as well. So 
He did. Yeah. Southgate knows what he's about. Um, it was in the last squad that got to the final as well. I I was screaming when we were looking for a goal against Italy to get him on, just try something different as well. Yeah, well that's Southgate, mate. But just just trying to play who plays behind Calvin Lumen, someone who I think helps Calvin Lumen as well. Um, in that delighted corner, Melinda, he hmm. he just looks like a different player, and it, he just looks like he's going to score all the time. And always missed a couple of chances. People say, but. I remember Lukaku playing and you'd always go, yeah, he'll score today. He'll, he'll score one or he'll score two. That type of player. Decore's turning into that a little bit, isn't he? Yeah, he's sort of becoming Mr. Consistent, I think, for us now in that aspect, you know, um, as well. I mean, as much as um, I hate the little rats, the Premier League, um, they did put out a um, tweet uh, or a tweet or um, a post the other day on Instagram and it was actually highlighting uh, Decore as he, he's our leading scorer so far this season. Um, I'm just buzzing for him. And he, like, you know, we've said before on this part, I think it may have been Paul, you may have said it, but he's just like, he's just so Everton. Like he's everything that, that we want in a player. And, and, you know, he represents us so well. He, he just loves this club. Every time he scores, you can just see like the, the pride and like the, you know, just how proud he is. Like it's just, it's written all over his face. So um, yeah, for me now, just, he is, God, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you think about when we were, you know, when we were under Frank Lampard, um, he was just a non-existent player. Completely out, non- yeah. Exactly. Um, so just the turnaround well, you were at City, now. Right? You were at City, weren't you? I don't know if anyone knows, but Melinda's been to Man City away. Really? Yeah, I don't, know. yeah I don't know if anyone knows that, but God, what, yeah, a, and what he, a ground. Ooh, and they serve a side on, on the ball, isn't he? Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting on the ball, wasn't he, at half-time? And I thought, I think people thought that's, that's the end of Abdelaid's career. He'll never play forever, never again. Yeah, a lot of people were not so happy about that. Honest. And I and I can understand that, yeah. you know. But yeah, just this complete turnaround in this 180 and Decore is just yeah, and he for me, like he like I said, he's like Mr. Consistent, you know. He comes on now and you're thinking, all right, Dukes will score. Like it's just one of those, just one of those things. He just seems to be in the right place at the right time all the time. Um, yeah, but uh no, he's uh yeah, Mr. Consistent for me. Oh definitely. Um it's probably the first name of the team sheet with John Dice there. Yeah, but Paul, you've just brought it up. Frank Lampard sat on the ball, the Etihad. You know, looked like he was going to Fulham. Didn't really have an effort in future. Sean Dice has come in and gone. No, come on. You know, I've seen you. You can score goals. It's a It's just a. It's a really boss sight, isn't it, to see some a player go from that to where he is now, and we all love him, don't we? Really. Yeah, he's. Like you just said before, I think he's probably the first name on the team sheet. Yeah, uh, Johnny on the spot as well. He put his, his foot right through that one the other day. Just well, he didn't the corner, crack and finish. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. He's, he's probably our biggest attacking threat now, and I'd include mm. Calvert Loon in that. I think I'd probably fancy Decore more. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm a big fan of Calvert Loon being the president of the fan club and that, but <laughs> Decore is. <laughs> Decore, yeah, Decore is just the most improved. I think he's got 11 goals in. I think thirty games under Deitch could be wrong there, thirty, thirty one, something like that. For yeah. a midfield. I think he's I think now he's got six. We're coming up to Christmas. I think he's gotta be looking at at least doubling that now. Mm. But you see his post on his Twitter and all that where he goes, like, we are Everton Football Club, we shall not be moved. And he's bought into it. He's another one of them players. I bet you when he retires, you'll just see him around Goodison all the time. He's definitely adopted Everton as his club. Like it's great yeah. to see we have that effect. We have that effect on a lot of players and you know, once Everton touches you, nothing will be the same. And I think it's the same for Abdullah Decore. 
I was gonna just mm-hmm. ask you this, um, Jamie. Like, do do you get that sense from Decora as well that he's just like to me? It really hit me with Dukes when he got that goal for us end of last season when we were playing Bournemouth. Like that to me, the look on his face when that goal went in. I think he was gonna cry. Like you know, and yeah. that I just think ever since that point, that moment, this is just it. It's like he he's back. You know, he's 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 back and he's you know. It just it that to me that was like a turning point for for me I don't know what what you feel about that Jamie but for me that just totally feels like he's this this club now to him is just it's it's everything yeah I think before obviously when it was going well he did give an interview to say he didn't want to leave because he loved Everton Football Club even before you know as Lampard was there he actually said I, I love this club and I was desperate not to leave but I had to go and play football somewhere Obviously, Sean Dice takes a lot of credit, but so does Abdelai Decore. He, he's worked hard. He, you know, he's got himself in this team. It's not just his goals. He's scoring. He's work off the ball. He just doesn't seem to stop running, especially when we're winning. He, he just runs and runs, you know, goes from one right-back to the other left-back. It's just, he's a credit to himself. The goal couldn't, you know, he deserved it, the Bournemouth goal. Mm. And it's such a fantastic strike. Every goal he scores is. I always mess around and say, I don't like the Gorek when we score our follies. But that one against Brighton was superb. I remember that one. Yeah, for oh. yeah even though, even the first one, maybe when it comes to him, he sort of hits it into the ground, so it goes yeah, over yeah, the defender. Yeah. Um, he's an accomplished finisher. You know, Paul used it before, it was a fantastic strike. That strike to pinpoint that into the bottom corner, not phased by Colwell, who sort of stood in front of him, blocking the, 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 far, the front post. Um, he yeah, just looks like he's... Learn there as well. I mean, he, he knew yeah. he was going to get a whack there. Like, yeah, and he's, he, he that's, how, yeah, that's yeah. how desperate he is for the goal, mate. He just wanted it to whip him and go in. But yeah. the core, you can just tell he's brimming. And it comes, as Melinda said, come from that Bournemouth goal. He's gone away that summer and gone, I need to get back in because I'm ready to play again. Um, yeah. And it's boss to see. And it seems like it sort of seeped through the team. I think he made a tackle. He won back and... I think he sort of barged Mudrich off the ball and we got a goal and an run across the pitch and sort of chest pumped him and yeah. really knocked him <laughs> on his ass and everyone was just like made up with it. So he sort of he's infectious and that's what it looks like. He's infecting the team in a really positive way. Yeah. But we've got to sort of I just want to give you a man of the matches on on Chelsea. Now normally you didn't watch it, but you've seen the highlights of it. Mm. Um who would you sort of go, yeah, you know what, he played really well? It's hard because I feel like the highlights that I had seen were really the, honestly, it, I would think I'd give men of the match to Dobbin. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Nice, yeah, I, think nice so. I, I watched like, you know, highlights and they were mostly goals and things like that. So I just think that that's a big moment for him. But my God, that save from Jordan Pickford though was 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 amazing. Um, Again, don't really understand why everyone gives him so much hate. I will never understand that. He's a little out there, you know, as Paul put it last body, he's like as mad as a box of frogs and that's the best <laughs> way to describe him, I think, personally. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he's, uh, I think I would pick Dobbin. I think he deserves it because that just sealed the win, I think, for us and just... It really let the squad just go. Wow, no, we're two 0 up here at home. Let's just let's keep the pressure on and let's get this win. So I think that he deserves it for that. Yeah, lovely that. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and it's not a bad shout either because he took his goal well. Now could have flapped at that and being a kid at Goodison facing the park end, he could have bottled it and hit it over the bar, but he didn't. Yeah. Paul, where would you uh, 
you would you all vote B for? Yeah, that's nice for Dobbin that. you got to think the kid's been there since he was 11. He's been working for that all his life. Well, most of his life. I mean, yeah. that's like nine years of... And you could see what how much it meant to him. So, yeah, that's nice. That, But I'd say Michalenko, for me, was the man of the match on Sunday. I just thought he was brilliant again. I mean, Raheem Sterling comes on second half and he's just... He couldn't get a kick. He's not a bad player, Sterling, either. Um, oh, I just add him, to the, add him to the list. I just think, yeah, for me, Michalenko was... Man of the match on, and Decore runs himself into the ground. But I thought Michalenko was man of the match for me. Like, yeah, yeah, and yes, what about you, Jamie? Yeah, Michalenko for me. I just thought he nulled it. He stopped everything. Everything that went down that side, he stopped. Uh, I thought Patterson played really well as well when he came yeah, on. He did. Yeah, they done well against that Mudrich. But yeah, for me, Michalenko, and it could have been any of them, which is always a good sign. Yeah, it's hard in the cause at the moment because you like when you put notes together and stuff, and you go, oh, shit, I forgot about him. I forgot about yeah. James Garner. Yeah. I forgot about Adesigay. I forgot about Onana. So there's that much for us to talk about that we we couldn't possibly go into them all, you know what I mean? But they're all playing well. So Yeah, honestly, they're, they're brilliant. And that's a boss point they are. We could have literally picked anyone and none of them would have been a bad shout. Sean Dyche yeah. could have picked him. You know, <laughs> it literally could have. Um, but it wouldn't be Everton unless, you know, without that Matt Hughes, whatever. Yeah. And... Gremlin Hughes. Gremlin oh, Hughes. I haven't got a life. I eat Everton dartboard. Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> um, he come out didn't he, and basically said seven seven seven. I'll take him over, and we're going to Everton administration. And I think everyone. I think at this point, everyone sees you, writes it, and goes, "Yeah, all right, mate." Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, obviously, Doug, very quickly, a source of the mirror again, bottle of salt, but um. <laughs> TM. Copyrighted that now. Currently not in danger of going into administration. Um that there would be no possible there's no there might be delays getting into the takeover, but if it did happen that you know Father Machiri would have to sort of fund it himself anyway. Are these just trying to press our buttons here, Paul? They really are, aren't they? They yeah. just can't leave us alone. <laughs> It definitely are. They know that we're very jumpy and, you know, we just had some really bad news and we're just, we're all waiting for more bad news and you just see everything's up in the air with this triple seven partners and you just, you don't know whether you're coming or going. It's just, as I say, it's just, you, everything's up in the air at the moment when it comes to finances and ownership and everything else. And yeah, they're just starting to prey on. It's clickbait. We've said it before, haven't we? Do you want yeah. people to press on the story and read it? But if you do press on the story and read it, you only have to get about three paragraphs down and you you find out that they're just talking absolute nonsense and there's nothing to worry about. They're saying that there's no funding, but there is funding until at least the end of January, which is when they'll probably find out if they get a full takeover of Everton. So, yeah, yeah just take it with a massive bottle of salt, like Jamie <laughs> would say, and just move on and just just concentrate on what's happening on the pitch for now. That's, that's my, the only advice I could give. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it's it's so hard when we don't know what's going on and we haven't been given any sort of communication. But just to touch on another story, Melinda, the, the Echo saying that the, the 777 haven't received any sort of communication from the Premier League to say, oh, yeah, you can sign, you can buy everything. No, no, they can't. So there's much waiting as we are. Do we just sort of, as Paul just said, just park it, forget about it, and go, let, yeah, just happen when it happens? Yeah, I don't think there's much more, you know, unfortunately that we can do. We have very, very little control over these things. I think the only thing we can do is continue to focus on um, 
matters on the pitch, you know, supporting the lads, getting behind them a hundred percent. Um, and just, yeah, backing the team, backing the manager, um, you know, cause we're on a really good run right now and, um, we just need to keep pushing and keep pressing forward. So yeah, things like that. It, it, it is difficult because, you know, you, you, we want to know what's going on, but it's by the sounds that they're just as much in the dark as we are, you know, there's just no communication, there's no words. So until we hear something, there's not much we can do other than just focus on things that are coming up and right in front of us. So that would be, you know, this weekend we've got a match, but, um, yeah, that's all we can do at the moment. Yeah, well, just yeah, I think we've got the right manager. We've got the right manager in place as well, me, because I know we're all flying high. We're all made up on that, but you do look at the league table. We're still not out of it. We've got a little bit of a, a gap yeah. between us and Luton, but just just gotta keep winning games. And until you know, we might get that ten points back, and then we could start thinking. I don't think we will. I think we'll get some of it back. But I just think, obviously, when all the ownership stuff happens, then we'll deal with it then. But all this Matthews, who's definitely been battered by a gang of Evertonians or something or something's <laughs> happened like he's lost his girlfriend to an Evertonian or something. I mean, just ignore it. You just that's what you just just don't give him what he wants and that's what he wants. He wants you to click on it and he wants you to talk about him and which yeah. is what we're doing now. So yeah. congratulations, Matt. You've had your five minutes there, lads. Hold you know on. what though, we will not speak about you again because A, like ew, just absolutely not. Just like literally literally ew. And yeah, people listening, just don't give him the attention he wants, as Paul just said. Don't don't like, don't retweet, don't quote tweet, don't comment. Just leave it. Just don't give it any attention. Just focus on the football, focus on the team, focus on having a boss day with your mates at, at the match. Or if you're watching from anywhere over the world, just focus on that because that's all that we that's all we can do. Yeah, right. that is. But there's something that happened today. Um that sort of highlights the 10 points again because listen we're not going anywhere I think I've seen a few people go oh, well, that's that's them done we're not it's just we're, we're doing it at the televised game because otherwise you know what's sort of the point and, and at the Chelsea game they were booing it still booing the Premier League anthem they were still you know the Premier League and so on so forth song was getting sang so but today we sort of took it to them at their own headquarters we had a van pull up with a screen on in a video, um, yeah. you can find the video on social media. I'm pretty sure anyone listening's already seen it. Oh, it's brilliant! It really it's is it's team brilliant. Team. It really is brilliant, and it's just something that I want that highlighted it for me. When I was watching it, I actually spoke to my boss, who's a copite, but and it's something that I said, and he agreed with me as well. And we've all said it. These must have think. These must have thought to themselves, "Why did we take on these scousers? Why?" <laughs> you know, Paul yeah. and Melinda, they must have just thought we've really messed up. We should have been Brighton. Paul Brighton, they just give up. No, no disrespect to Brighton, but they would have. They'd have just gone, oh, yeah, no, right. These have just thought, oh, we've done a, we've made a major mistake here, haven't we? Paul, what would you, what did you think of the, the sign and the, the van? Were you laughing your head off? Were you laughing me, though? I was laughing my head off because of the Benny Hill team tune, and then I was humming <laughs> the Benny Hill team tune to myself all day then, but. <laughs> no, the message is clear, isn't it? We're not going anywhere just because we've got nine points back. It doesn't mean that we're going away. It's still, the punishment still doesn't fit the crime. And, you know, I'd always thought it was a bit cheesy when I said you took on the wrong club. I think you definitely took on the wrong fan base because we won't let it go. It's, we we, all, we will hold a grudge over this. I mean, I know I do. So people say, oh, will, you, will you be happy if you get four points back? Yeah, but well, I think Everton shouldn't stop until they get them all back. Me personally, like, but... Yeah, it was funny to see, and well done for the eighteen seventy eight as well. If uh, you know, 
getting the message out there. I've seen a few Evertonians, just a few little grumblings of people saying, oh, we don't need to do this no more. We do. We do. Don't 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 let what's happened on the pitch because we're winning games and the feel-good facts back take it away that we actually do need to fight the Premier League on this because they've sh- they've tried the best to, to shaft us and we can't have it. You just can't have it. You've got to stand together and, and do your best to show them that it's not right. Yeah, definitely. And Melinda, they are, aren't they? They're doing that. The eighteen seventeen group are sort of driving the Everton fan base forward and we're all behind them, aren't we? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, um, Paula just said it there. He took the words out of my mouth. But I literally was thinking that is they've, they've completely messed with the wrong fan base here um, completely. Um, and we won't stop. You know, you're always going to get a, you know, a small percentage of the fans are going to go, all right, you know, pack it in. We're doing well. Just move on. But no, I think majority of us will go, nah, we're going to keep going. Sorry. You do not do something like this to, you know, it, it, everyone wants to say, oh, what a small club. No, we're, we're massive, mate. <laughs> like we, and we are going to make a huge impact. And like, honestly, I think we're just getting started. Like this, I think is a going just sort of the start of like a massive turning point in in things you know to do with the Premier League and I mean that's my hope anyway that's my hope because I think there's a lot more going on than we realize this is just I think the tip of the iceberg um yeah. so I, I absolutely think that this is um we need to keep pushing we need to keep just chipping away at the Premier League and, and just grind them down so yeah yeah I mean it's, 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 Starting to, it's starting to gain momentum with other clubs as well now. I know Wolves are very, very unhappy mm. with the Premier League. They, yeah. they, there's just more on the pitch because they've been done by VAR a ridiculous amount of times. And it is starting to look a little bit dodgy now. And I know they've got banners and protests and everything planned for their home game. So the more clubs and people and football fans that you can make aware of what's going on, then the better, isn't it, really? I mean, we can all get together and we can hopefully get rid of these six clubs if they want to go and move to somewhere else. I mean, I'll happily not play Liverpool ever again. I'm not bothered me. Get them gone. Get them out of the league. Go and play Barcelona and Real Madrid every other week. I don't care. But, yeah. yeah. Basically, I've just gone on a rant there just to say Liverpool, but <laughs> and I hate the Premier and I hate the Premier League. So, yeah, there you go. No, but you're right in what you're saying. There's other clubs sort of seeing what we're seeing now, um, I know a fair to how are they moaning about, but they're, they're also supposed to seeing it, and I think actually these are onto something, it reminds me, I don't know if these have seen this, but like the Hunger Games, where they start taking yeah, yeah. on the capital, yeah. where they start going, hang on, but if we get all these districts together, and take on them, we'll win that, Can you win. know, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think that's what it sort of reminds me of, and hopefully other teams will get on board and think, yeah, these are right, you know, and I'm not bothered. Listen, if they don't, they don't. I'm not really that bothered, honestly. Uh, all I worry about is Everton Football Club. But it is nice to see that Wolves are sort of back, back on us a little bit and thinking, no, we, I know this is different. This is VAR, but it's the same sort of, it's the Premier League, isn't it, at the end of the day? So hopefully there'll be more and we can sort of take it to them again. Let's have it. Yeah, um, let's have it. <laughs> <laughs> have it. <laughs> But we'll just move on to the weekend. Now, we play Burnley at our five on a Saturday. Um, it is on telly, people are wondering. Um, it's a bit of a mad game, this, Paul, because there's no Branthwaite, there's no Idrissa Gay, and we've now heard that Patterson and Shame, uh, sorry, Young and Seamus Coleman are out. Yeah. Anana obviously, is fit. Um, he got 45 minutes in his legs against Chelsea. That's Deli Ali's first team training again. Where do we go with this? This is a bit of a mad weekend for Sean Dyche, isn't it? A bit of a tough weekend for him. 
Yeah, I think um, saying today on the group chat's not the Burnley of old, is it? Where you think they're going to get it and just basically play the way Everton are sort of playing now. Yeah. I think Everton yeah. are doing. I think Everton are doing it with a little bit more style because we've got better players. But what you'd expect from a Burnley side is get the ball forward as quickly as possible. But under Vincent Company, they want to play football. Um, we noticed I, d- I went to the cup game. They play some really nice stuff up until the final third, and then it all sorts of falls apart. I hope it stays the same. So it's a day, it's a day, different prospect. Uh, not having no brand weights just shows the like we know we touched on it earlier that the cover the players could wait to come in behind him. It's 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 poor, isn't it? I mean, seen a lot of hate for Ben Godfrey. I was a big massive fan of Ben Godfrey. I I still think there is a player in there somewhere. It's getting it out of him though. He hasn't played a lot of football. I think he's low on confidence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, we're going to struggle without them two players. This a game for me. He's been really good. We'll still go without him, even on the bench. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a hard game. Are you asking yeah. for me, team? Um, yeah, but I just wanted to touch on a point that you've just said there about Ben Godfrey, that he's low in confidence and he's a player in there. We've just spoke about 15 minutes about Michalenko, about how he was low in confidence and how there was, we thought he might have been a player in there. So could this be Godfrey's daughter? Rise, could this be where he gets this game and then it's like bang, bang, bang? He just has this boss run. I'd like to hope so, mates. That's 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 what you that's what you want, isn't it? You know, one likes to see a player who's played for England, by the way, low on confidence. But mm. whether Sean Wright fancies him, I don't know. I mean, he came in against Doncaster, he stunk the gaff out, didn't he? Let's yeah, be yeah. honest. Uh, he wasn't the only one, by the way, but just to be thrown in, um, at the deep end here. But I just, as I say, I just what I was trying to get it, I think it'd be. If they were to play the likes of Chris Wood and Rodriguez up front where he's just lumping her up to him, I'd fear for him. But I think it's going to be more technical this game. So I think he would be all right in this game. People yeah. say, oh, he's rubbish on the ball. I just think his pace gets him out of a lot of trouble. So if it's a choice between him and Keane, I'll pick Ben Godfrey for this game, me personally. Oh, right, well, let's do your start 11 then. Uh, I'll go for Patterson for Ashley Young, who's injured, obviously. Yeah. Um, I go Godfrey for Brantwaite and I go Onana for Adisage. Everybody else stays the same. Stays the same. Melinda, um, would you like to see Ben Godfrey come in? Do you obviously see there's a player in there or you're just that worried about Michael Keane? You think just not him? Yeah, no. Um, I <laughs> Like, you know what? I, I, I wish that wasn't the case. I wish we could look at him and go, you know what? Michael Keane's all right, you know he 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 can he can cover for a game, but I just I just don't think we that's just not the case, and we know that. Um, for some reason, my gut tells me Deitch is going to play Keane. I just think he will personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but my team is actually the exact same as as Paul's. I would slot Patterson in. I would slot Ben Godfrey in, and I would put Onana in for Drissaganagay. But everything else, I would I would keep the same. Yeah, Melinda, yeah. you made a very good point today on the um, group chat saying talking about Patterson with me for a little bit. Yeah. And you were saying, you know, we all want him to play on Saturday and you were thinking it's unfair for him to play with Michael Keane next to him. And I think you're spot on there. Yeah. I do I do. I think it's like if he was to have Tarkovsky and Brandwaite, no problem. But you'd ask him to come in with a very shaky Michael Keane. It's, I, I don't want to dig the lad out like but I think he makes players around him worse. I'm sorry. I think he does. So yeah. I think you're onto something there. Yeah, and like I you know as as um I've 
I'm a massive fan of Nathan Patterson and I know some of our fans are, are a bit like oh, weary about you know him but I, I think when he has played I think he's had great games but that being said he's had Tarkovsky and Branthwaite there in the back line plus Mikalenko it's a very very solid back line so um, I, I just I worry if he does throw well he does, I don't think he really has much of a, much of a choice it's going to have to be Patterson um, and I want, I just, my gut tells me he's going to play Keen. He, it, it, that's just what my gut is telling me. So I just, I don't want our fans to have a hard go at Patterson if he's next to someone that's maybe not giving him the support that maybe, you know, Tarkovsky would have given him. Um, so I just, I just want our listeners to keep that in mind. But I, I mean, I'd like to think Nathan Patterson could hold his own, but it's, it's difficult when you've, you know, you're trying to, keep 50% of that back line like you're a part of it and then that's you know that's 50% of it if, if you're if you're in a back four so I just I just think um yeah I just want him to not get his confidence shot down if he if it does end up not being a great game for him but fingers crossed it's uh fingers crossed it's all right <laughs> the poor lad <laughs> 100% Jamie I've got a question for you but Michael Keane has had good games for Everton hasn't he I think it's you yeah. know it's important to remember he has had good oh, yeah. spells Everton, but have you been thinking in like your mind? Because listen, I'm gonna go to my time of football manager here. I'm gonna do one and I can play centre back on football manager. I know that's not real life, <laughs> but I've been thinking maybe maybe we could play him there for this one game. And another thought I've had is playing Mikalenko at centre back and playing Godfrey as a left back or McNeil as the left back, or do you think you're just messing around with it too much there? I think you 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 are sort of messing around with it. Um you wanna try and keep as much as the team much as the team the same um, just for cohesion you know Ananda knows how Garner, James Garner will play with the core in front of him and obviously the two wingers will know each other I personally don't see why Sean Dyche would play Michael Kane. now for me Tarkovsky will help Patterson through the game Ben Godfrey's left footed so he has to go, he has to have a, a player is he left-footed? No, he's right-footed. He's played oh, on the he... left a lot, though. Oh, I thought he was left-footed. Well, he thought he was left-footed. Yeah. Um, but he can play with both. Sorry, there's my point that he can play with both feet yeah. and he's comfortable with them. Michael Keane can't. Now, I think for Tarkovsky, he would have to be covering that sort of problem a lot more. Mm. Where I think Ben Goffey's also got the pace to deal with any sort of anything behind. He's... He's not as good as Jared Brantwaite, but he's got the same attributes as Jared Brantwaite, which helps Everton keep this sort of same cohesion and same drive and same tactics going forward. But we all know yeah, Michael Keane captain yeah. Everton. In a low block, I think Michael Keane would be good. Like, if just, just a team who are going to pump the ball up and he just headers absolutely everything out of it. I think that's his game, in it? Just to stand there and head and kick everything out that comes near him. But as I say, I think Burnley will try and get around the side of us and try play through the middle of us. That's the way they've been under company. And I just think that's where Keane just gets mixed up completely. Paul, and this is going to sound mad because we're trying to deal between the both of them, but when you're saying the low block, would you go five and go Keane, Tarkovsky, Godfrey? With Michalenko left yeah, wing back, Patterson right wing back. Patterson's a very good wing back, by the way. I think some of his best games has been as a wing back. Um, no, Michalenko yeah, won't drive show. forward. That's I know people show. might go, well, you're asking the two worst centre-halves to play together, but I just think you, there's a lot of cover, isn't there, at that point? You're, well, would you there. go Godfrey, Tarkovsky, Michalenko as the centre-backs and have yeah. McNeil as a left wing-back? Yeah, you could do. You, honestly, yeah. you could, yeah. 
So I think Mikalenko can play centre back. Me personally, I think he has yeah. played there as well. But as I say, are you messing around with it too much? Is it okay? Is Sean Dice a very pragmatic manager? He could just say, "Listen, I'm not messing everything around for for two players being out. I... We're in good form. Let's just carry on as we are." Yeah. I don't think he'll move Mikalenko from left back, to be honest. I, I, I can't see him doing that. I think he's really, really strong in that position now. And um, I think if he were to maybe switch up, it would just maybe throw off his whole groove, mm-hmm. like Mikalenko. So I, I I can't see him doing that. If he does, I'll be a bit like, Ooh, okay. But uh, no. Th- I... This proves that we'd actually still do need more players, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Off. But there was a point yeah. that I, I wanted to make there. We just talked about at the beginning of the pod about together this football team is and how much they're backing each other up and how much they just thought we'll do anything for each other. Have we seen Michael Keane in a team like that at the moment? Have we seen a Michael Keane in a team that will just help him and sort of try and guide him through games and not, where they're not all nervous and not all, oh my God, we're going to get beat here. Maybe, yeah, COVID. So do we see Michael, yeah, so can we see a Michael Keane now that'll come into a team that will sort of Rally round them and go, lad. You know what? Don't worry about it. We'll help you. We're here to help you. Not all sorts of looking after each other, which the last couple of years we've seen all players are just yeah. looking after each other, making sure they're not the ones to make the mistake. Yeah, I know so- what you mean. It's been ev- every man for himself, hasn't it? For a, for a while now, and it's they're all together as a team. Uh, yeah. I just I don't I, I talk about Michael Keane like he's like this like a Titus Bramble. I mean, this lad's <laughs> got multiple caps for England. You know what I mean? We yeah. know there is a player in it. I just think. I honestly believe Michael Keane just cannot play in front of a crowd. That sounds crazy for a footballer. I just think his best form was when the, there was nobody at stadiums. I think he was brilliant then. But you could hear Ancelotti speaking to him. I think he's a player who does need a lot of guidance. Yeah. I think he's very unlucky as well, by the way. I think he's one of the unluckiest Everton players I've ever seen, as well as not being very good. But for one game, would it, would it be totally against Michael Keane playing? No. No, you go. There you go. That's, I mean, that's it, isn't it? We've, we will get behind them as well, and the players will help them through the game. Um, but, yeah, Yusu, thanks very much for joining me. Um, and hopefully what? we'll get a... Sorry. You didn't tell us your team, Jamie. Oh, it's the same. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. It's the same as you. There's no oh, other, okay. I don't think there's any other way you can do it, me personally. Yeah. Um, we also got full up next week as well, haven't we? Uh, we'll try our best to get back to you with a a podcast before that if we can and we'll try and do a Burnley reaction if we can yeah it? yeah yeah so we'll, we'll probably just join them together and try and get a Burnley reaction when we're winning we all come on here and we're buzzing that we've won four in a row and we're seven points clear of the relegation zone and then we're going to be Fulham in the Carabao Cup and yeah. we're nearly get, at Wembley then get Paul Vail in the semis you've got to say it haven't you so usually thanks very much for joining me tonight and can't wait to see you again up the toffees Up the the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.